Hello, I'm Jack Ingram, and this is the Exora Innovation Digest. This week, does AI represent the biggest growth opportunity for oil and gas? We talk to Harry Kassar, industry expert with 30 years experience of working at BP to find out. All that and more coming up. Today, I'm joined by Harry Kassar. Harry served as a technology director at BP, working with the business for over 30 years. Harry, welcome to the uh, welcome to the episode. Great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Thanks for inviting me on. You're welcome. You're welcome. So um, to dive into things, then, Harry, um, in Exora's recent innovation forecast report, respondents ranked AI as the biggest growth opportunity for the sector in the next five years. Um, just keen to to run that by you. Was that a surprise, or what did you think to to that? I don't think it's a surprise, but I, I do right. think that people have to um, just be a bit wary, really, because I think AI by itself, um, you know, isn't the answer, in, uh, is my position. Um, mm. AI requires good data. Um, yeah. And so actually it goes hand in hand with things like IoT and sensors and robotics, for instance. And I think it's this combination that's going to really bring, um, you know, a, a really big opportunities to this uh, this field. Okay, excellent. So what we looked at was that a majority said AI would provide the biggest growth opportunity within the next twelve months. What's your take on how mature AI deployment actually is within the oil and gas sector at present? And how, how, like future gazing, how would you see it continuing to develop over, say, the next five years? Uh, yeah, so um, I would say that, that, that in my experience in the industry, we're still really at the foothills of um, exploring what AI can do. Um, certainly, I've seen um, companies begin to make it a, a, a kind of standard process, put it in some platforms. But nevertheless, we're still at the very early days of what I would call quite simple um, AI deployment. Mm, okay. uh, the, the, pro- the problem comes, I think, a bit later on when you have endemic AI in just about every corner of your business. And yeah. how do you manage it is, I think, the, you know, the next biggest problem to, to, to look at. Yeah, because I think despite the growth potential, the respondents indicated well, it's only two thirds of respondents actually said that they've deployed it at present. Um, do you think there's a is there a particular set of reasons for why quite few companies have implemented the tech at this moment? I think a lot of it probably depends on the uh, the model of how technology is managed in companies. So okay. if you are, if you are a um, significant um, uh, you're a company that uses significant outsourcing, for instance, then it can be quite difficult to bring in lots of new technologies um, you know, due to contractual and procurement reasons. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a company that's more um, uh, a DevOps type um, uh, uh, company, then I think it's going to be easier. But you know, typically people are, I think, still testing. They're still trying to find their feet on what models they want. And that's probably why we haven't seen massive uptake yet. Okay. Okay. Um, no, it's an interesting, uh, interesting feedback there. Um, 
Do you think that there's other technologies that companies need to deploy first in order to actually get the most out of artificial intelligence? Yeah, so as I, as I indicated earlier, I think that, that mm -hmm. AI generally is predicated on really good data. The data, yeah. Um, and actually having um, a place that you can get the data. So things like data lakes, um, I think, are, are something that companies need to look at and have a very effective way of streaming data and sanitizing that data um, before it goes into the data lake would, would be an example. And then if you go further upstream from that is, you know, what's feeding the data lakes? You know, what, um, what sensors do we have, uh, whether they're real or virtual? And how, how good is that quality of data? You know, what's the calibration? Of those There's quite a lot in the whole supply chain of getting good AI to work for you, I think. And, and that's why I think it's, it's important to, to, to understand that, um, um, you know, that full supply chain to really get the value. And that's, yeah. that's probably, probably why we're not seeing massive uptake yet as well. That, that's yeah. um, when, when you're laying down these foundations from your, um, in, in your experience, was this, were these foundations laid down through like a VP working with an industry partner or was it handled in-house? How, how was that all done? Um, yeah, so I think... Um, uh, uh, in BP, the way it was addressed was um, uh, it was it, it, there was a new technology unit, um, uh, a, a team that I was part of, mm. um, whose whose job it was was really to scan the horizon for new and emerging technologies okay. uh, that have a big impact on BP. So so. Um, uh, AI came into BP through that route. Okay. Um, I think there's a, um, uh, it's probably some, some good lessons to be learned there, but um, one of the first things that, that, that we did was uh, an education exercise for um, the executives of the company. It's important for them to really understand what the impact of AI could be on BP, both in terms of an opportunity and as a threat as well. And so yeah. that's a really good place to start, particularly if you think it's going to be a, you know, one of the next big things. You want yeah. to have your execs right behind you because they're going to have to fund this and, yeah. and really want to fund it because they see the opportunity. Okay. No, it's, it's, that, that, that's really interesting to know. And, you know, getting, uh, getting them on side and, uh, and, and seeing the value is, is, uh, is key. Um, in terms of like specific oil and gas companies, is there a certain profile, would you say, that would stand to benefit the most from deploying AI? Uh, no, I, 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 I'm not sure that that's the case, Jack. Um, I suspect that, um, you know, we're going to have quite um, what I call simple AI, which will just be like oxygen, right? Yeah. It's going to be everywhere, implemented in many systems in the future. Right. And then we need to have, um, you know, probably more um, more complex AI as we move more into cognitive computing, um, yep. where you know perhaps there will be uh, specialized cases, and where perhaps some companies might be users of what I call can solutions rather than developing their own. Okay. But I think everyone's going to benefit from it. It depends whether you're going to be 
you know, right at the forefront or a uh, fast follower? Thank you. Thanks, Harry. So the reason I asked that question is that respondents from mid-sized companies reported the most potential for AI in the coming year. So it's just curious why you would feel that or you may feel that AI would be so valuable for that profile in particular. Well, yeah. So um, it could it could be for mid-sized companies, it mm. could be seen that AI could provide them with the edge to really compete with the bigger guys in the industry um, by adopting it quicker. So that could be one reason why you've you've seen that type of response. Okay. Okay. No, interesting. Thanks for for noting that. Um, Next question I've got is around demand. So curious to see what you think the demand for AI-based solutions what that's going to look like across the course of, say, the next five years or so? Well, of course, it's going to be the uh, the latest buzzword um, in the boardroom. Yeah. So there'll be lots of questions of uh, technology departments in oil and gas companies around you know, how much of our portfolio is AI um, supported, for instance. Mm. Um, so, so there'll be kind of pressure from above. Um uh, of course, what we're seeing is a lot of what I call AI whitewashing by companies um, who are selling solutions where magically overnight some solutions became uh, AI solutions. Yeah. Uh, in the same way that uh, magically some solutions became blockchain solutions overnight. So I think if you, if you take that all away, um, you know, technologists do understand the value of this. The business end of um, companies is beginning to become more aware through education and awareness of the value of this stuff. So I I, I can see a much bigger demand uh, coming in the future matched with, you know, what I call real supply rather than some of the fake uh, kind of type products that we see. Okay. And we're obviously in the age of the energy transition. Um, Do you think that AI is gonna will, will play a role in helping oil and gas organizations manage the energy transition? Oh, absolutely. I think there's um, uh, a, a couple of things there, really. Um, the energy transition is also going to um, you know, cover uh, net zero um, type targets. Yeah. And a lot of that is going to be around optimization. A lot of the value is going to be got from optimization and from ensuring things like um, uh, companies can track leaks uh, of methane and, and similar products um, you know, to reduce their carbon footprint. And AI is going to be a significant um, uh, solution to some of these things. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you you do see a lot of industry commentators saying that, you know, the future of the energy sector um, will be, you know, interwoven with technology. So, um, no, interested to get your insights on that particular question. And and sorry, just to add to that, um, um, I I suspect that um, if you have a, um, um, like an integrated oil company, yeah, um, you know, all the way from upstream to downstream, mm. uh, you have many more levers to to pull, and I think AI is you know, could be uh, really significant when you know, the overall model of what 
playing with is, is significantly bigger. Yeah. Uh, and, and so optimizing a much bigger model, I think, could give you better results than a very small model. Yeah. Okay. No, interesting. Thanks for that, Harry. So I guess the um, circling back on a couple of points that you've made, I think in within our sector, you know, I think it's it's fair to say that sometimes people feel as though the oil and gas sector has been quite conservative in embracing uh, digital. I'm sure that's something you've heard of before. But do, do you think that that's a fair statement, given that we do work in a very innovative industry, don't we? And I think that you do see a lot of really interesting, innovative stuff going on um, within the sector. What, what's your take on, on on that? And do you think that if that was a, a fair statement and a fair label, do you think that that's being reversed now? I'm not sure it's ever been true. And perhaps yeah. it's made by commentators that... Um, yeah, don't really understand the industry. Yeah. Um, um, the industry is, um, it has to be innovative. Uh, mm -hmm. You're just going to um, uh, uh, upstream, for instance, some of the engineering challenges are really massive. Of, yeah. um, you know, yeah, huge, um, huge structures, uh, drilling many thousands of feet um, in, into the, the earth, for instance. Um, and so there's huge engineering challenges. And of course, you can't meet those challenges unless you are using advanced digital systems. Yeah. And so certainly in my experience, um, uh, BP and its competitors have been using pretty advanced uh, digital systems. They've been doing lots of research and uh, lots of tests into um, you know, how to make things safer, how to uh, be more productive, for instance. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think, it's, don't think it's been a really very fair comment back, to be honest. No. Okay. No, good. Thanks, Harry. Um, coming back to another point you made earlier um, as well was around, I guess, convincing the boardroom as to invest in digital. Have you got any, um, like, say there's uh, any tech companies listening to this um, when we release the episode, have you got any tips on how organisations should be positioning their their products and services to say like a super major or an oil and gas organization that's thinking about partnering up with uh with a digital thought partner how what metrics should they talk in and and how should they best present their wares do you think that's oh, a really really great question um i'm not really sure how to answer that but let, let me, <laughs> let me give, it, give it a stab um, I, I think um you know, first of all, is really understand the culture and the strategy of the company and where it is in the cycle uh, yeah. uh, uh, for investment. And you know, companies will be in very different places and divisions within companies will be in very different places. So upstream yeah. will be a different investment cycle than downstream. For instance. Sure. Really, you know, I, mean, I, I guess it's, uh, it's obvious, but really understanding the customer is really important. Uh, the other piece is um, um, around strategy. Who's driving the strategy? So rather than um, trying to make direct sales to executives or end users, really understand who is driving strategy and yeah. collaborate with them 
to help drive your product into the organization. Now, you know, there's obviously still hoops to jump to make sure that the product is what the company wants, et cetera. Yeah. But take it slowly. You know, don't try and drive sales too quickly. Uh, this is a long game. Um, sure. For sure, there needs to be lots of pilots and things like that. And I think companies uh, on, the, on the sales side just need to be aware this is a slow burn, particularly yeah. for big, big investments. Yeah. Excellent. No, thanks, Harry. It's uh, very, uh, very well answered, I, I would say there. And I think it'd be it's just, just uh, a useful uh, bit of intel for, for particular profiles that will be listening to, to this episode. Um, so, Harry, we had, um, had a really interesting conversation today. Thanks ever so much for your insights. Um, one question I wanted to end on is... Do we think AI represents the biggest growth opportunity for oil and gas? Uh, certainly, Jack, I think it's uh, one of the big opportunities. Uh, and uh, companies, whether they are super majors or small independents, really need to do their homework to really understand what the impact is uh, on their business, both as an opportunity and as a threat because certainly others are going to be using this and they're going to be more productive and they're going to have greater insight. So, you know, bear that threat uh, 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 piece um, as well. Okay. Um, so really understand uh, the technology, really understand what it can do. And I'm sure you'll see that this is going to be one of the biggest uh, innovations that's coming to not just oil and gas, but to all industries uh, around the world. Excellent. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, very much looking forward to uh, to debating and talking about about AI's role in oil and gas um, in in the coming months. And I know that um, it's something we'll be covering at the Energy Council at our in person shows. But um, thanks ever so much for joining me today. Great to have you. Uh, great to have you with us. And um, I'm sure our listeners are going to really enjoy some of the insights that you shared with me. So thanks ever so much. Yeah, you're very welcome, Jack. And again, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. You're welcome. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's session with me, Jack Ingram at the Energy Council. In the next Exora Innovation Digest episode, I'll be speaking with Jason Ulbickson. Jason is Salesforce's Global Industry Director for Oil and Gas. So tune in to hear more about how cloud software is impacting the oil and gas sector. I hope to see you next time.